So how does artificial intelligence and machine learning play into the audio industry? Well, Daniel Rowland blows my mind. I've never heard anybody talk about the future of audio the way that he describes it and what the opportunities are. Yeah, not challenges or things to be fearful of, but the opportunities. It's a great discussion. I want you to check it out. Here we go. Hey, welcome back to the Adam Claremont Show. I'm your host once again, Adam Claremont, and this is where we talk about how to build and grow a career in the audio business. And it's all about giving you some actionable tips from real people working out in the field like myself. And in this case, I've got someone else who can share that as well. But before we get too far, I do want to offer you a free gift. If you've been looking around trying to figure out how to level up, if you've been seeing some projects that you're just they just seem a little bit too far to reach or clients that are just, just out of odd reach, and you're not really sure what steps to take to make them part of your day-to-day, adamclaremont.com slash client list. It's just a free guide. I just want to help you out, give you something to start with. It's a step-by-step simple guide you can put into play today that just gives you some great pointers on how to get to the next step with those clients and those projects. So head over there. It's all yours. All right, so let's get to the fun stuff. Today's guest is Daniel Rowland. I'm really excited to talk with him. He's a Grammy-nominated engineer and producer with some insane credits, just a few are like Nine Inch Nails, Seal, Gwen Stefani, some girl named Lady Gaga. He's also got an Oscar on his shelf, and he's doing a lot of work in film and television. But that's just a couple of things. He's also the head of strategy and partnerships at Lander. And honestly, not to cut this too short, there's literally about a dozen other also's that I could have thrown in here. But just for the sake of getting the conversation moving, I'm sure we'll hit on some of them in our conversation. Without further ado, Daniel, thanks so much for taking the time to talk, man. Yeah, what's going on, Adam? Hey. So you're out in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, I'm uh, based in LA and and part-time in Nashville as well. So kind of usually a little bit back and forth. Two, two yeah. good places to pick if you had to pick them. Hey, Amen. Yeah, awesome spots for sure. Cool. Dude. So let's just dive right in. You know, I mentioned, uh, I mean, there's a serious list of things that I could add for just projects and things that you do. Um, and I can't even begin to wrap my head around how you've got enough time in the day to actually <laughs> accumulate this list of things. But for the sake of putting a, a label on it, um, if you even want to attempt I mean, you're into mastering, you're into mixing, you're really into tech and AI, which I, I definitely want to get into. Uh, you're a professor at, uh, at um, I'm, I'm Middle saying, Tennessee State. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, tell me, like, where did it all begin and, like, what the hell are you actually doing every day? How do you get it all done? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, man. Well, I, I love the topic of this conversation, like, you know, kind of how to start in the industry, you know, and because my journey's, yeah, everyone's is different, right? So yeah. like I, and I don't think anybody really has a great plan for that. And I certainly didn't. Um, so I, I kind of, I started as a, as a musician. So I was, you know, when I was younger, you know, through maybe 15 through 25 playing in clubs and doing that kind of stuff on the East coast and didn't know anything about technology or recording or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, I was just basically, you know, a drunken guitar player in bands. Sounds and, uh, ended up, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of us can identify with that on some level, just, yeah, you know, the gateway. But, uh, yeah, yeah, for, for lots of people. So, you know, kind of got to where I was going to get with that and decided I would go to college. So I went to college rather a little bit later in life and I uh, went for music technology, uh, kind of just going in blind and went straight through, through a, got a master's in that as well. 
And uh, so I could, because uh, they were just going to pay for my college, not because I was interested in teaching at the time. But any, anyway, I ended up kind of teaching as a result of that kind of to for my meals and for my tuition and, and got me into the teaching side of things, which is something that I'm super passionate about and have been doing for about 15 years in colleges and also starting my own businesses, kind of teaching remotely and being heavy in the remote collaboration space. So that's kind of where I came in, kind of as a half-ass musician, half-ass mm. tech person. And kind of refine those those uh, yeah those roles, and it led me into doing a bunch of professional work, as you mentioned, and getting involved in the tech side of the industry as well. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned you yeah. didn't have a plan. I feel like I still don't have a plan in some respects. Like there's so much going on in our industry that I feel like, you know, I'm constantly yeah. looking at like what other things I could dabble in and just kind of pique my interest. And I kind of get the impression you're sort of the same way, you're just kind of excited about it all. Yeah, it's crazy town. I mean, my life sometimes, and I'm sure we all think this, would be so much easier if I would just kind of put on blinders and, and be a mastering engineer or be a producer yeah. or be a teacher, right? Or or focus on one area of tech. Like, okay, I'm going to be Mr. Immersive Audio or whatever it is, right? But it's because, especially right now, you know, the, 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 the past year, the pandemic, it warped us five to 10 years ahead when it comes to so many areas of technology that were kind of sitting on the outskirts that are now very much mainstream, that now more than ever, more cool stuff is going on than has ever been going on at one time. Um, and we're all kind of figuring it out together. So, But that just means that I'm meeting, I'm meeting with companies like on a daily basis to learn about what they're doing and across so many different industries that I'm kind of having a toehold in. So it's awesome, but, you know, obviously it, it sucks up your free time, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, free time, free yeah, that's yeah, interesting right. too. I mean, yeah. I totally agree. I, I remember when this whole thing started with the pandemic and, you know, after the shock and awe of it all, I just kept, I just sort of sat there one moment and I thought, man, in six months to a year, we're going to be in the middle of so many cool advances and ideas and projects and technology. Like, we're just not going to even know what to do with ourselves. Cause I just, it's like that. I mean, we always say, like, well, if there's a need, there was a need times 10 for, it seemed like everything under the sun came come pandemic when everyone was locked down. And when you're backed against the corner like that, there's really no other option than just make something freaking cool. So I just feel like for the past 12 months, people making freaking cool stuff <laughs> and we're just going to start yeah. seeing it, you know? Yeah, man. And it's, you know, so a lot of it's audio plays a role in almost all of it, which is what's cool, right? I mean, I'm, I've got my nose into the lots of metaverse stuff and digital fashion right now is such an interesting thing. And but that all of it, right, regardless of kind of what your interest is and maybe those things specifically, they all need music. They all need sound effects. They all need, you know, uh, there's programmable audio for health and wellness. It's such a big thing now because of this year of people being isolated that the interest in has gone up dramatically. So it's just it's just endless. So I just encourage everybody, you know, you may have your interests, which is fine, but definitely be open to checking out what's going on in other areas of technology because, you know, everyone always wants to know where they fit in, right? How do they make a career? Yeah. And sometimes you kind of have to get in where you fit in. You know what I mean? And there's lots of opportunities outside of just, you know, being a mastering engineer or making beats or being a singer. Those are all great things. But you can do that plus a million other things, which is kind of what I've ended up falling into in my career. Yeah, it's funny. And I think everyone who's just starting out and learning kind of goes through this. But like, you don't even know what you don't know. Like, you don't know the things that you can do in the beginning. And you just rattled off like half a dozen things that about almost no one knows that you could do, but you could do, <laughs> right? And make a I mean, career and a living it, and, yeah. and have fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning every day. I'm learning about new stuff that I didn't know existed every day that's, that are gigs in this industry. And it's just like, 
it, it's 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 awesome. So yes, yeah, technology advances. You know, there's you know it's it's disruptive to our our industry, the music industry, in certain ways. But it also like all technology and all paradigm shifts, right? A lot of new opportunities are created as well, created as well for people who are, you know you know, got their ear to the ground enough to kind of take advantage of those things as they're blowing up. So yeah, just, there's so many places to go learn about that stuff, but definitely yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And that's a good attitude. That's a good, good uh, perspective to take, you know, instead of being afraid from it or afraid by it or, or challenged by it. You know, I mean, it's kind of no different than having, you know, like a quote unquote competitor move into town and say, oh, well, there's another person that does what I do. All right. Well, you, sure. You could take the attitude. Well, here's somebody who's going to potentially take a client or you could say, well, if they do, then I'm not doing well enough. So I need to be better. You know, it, right. and you can kind of look right. at any disruptor like that and just say, well, if it's if it's really a threat, then maybe I'm not as good as I need to be. You know, or I don't know enough to, to, to make it not a threat. Or I just got to use it to my advantage or whatever it is, you know, one of those things. So it's kind of an interesting uh, yeah. dilemma, right? A hundred percent. And sometimes, you know, industries are replaced by new technology and people have to have foresight to see that and pivot, you know, into something different or, God forbid, step in and help shepherd those industries to be the best that they can be and to serve the most people as opposed to being so scared of them. Obviously, being in the AI production tool space on the lander side of things i'm very used to having these type of conversations with people because there's a lot you know it's a little different nowadays but lander in the early days you know five six years ago so much uh you know fear and misunderstanding and pre you know whatever about about artificial intelligence and what it actually is and what it can do and who's going to use it and like what you know not just lander but any company that's in that space are they trying to take people's jobs and and people you know you have to kind of roll with people because it's understandable that they don't get um you know the purpose behind a lot of that technology but anyway well you are definitely the person to speak to about that i feel like so may maybe we can yes. focus in on that so you know you brought up lander that's probably a, one of the more prominent cases of ai um kind of coming into the space absolutely yes. a disruptor for sure uh freaked people right out um, and I, I would say still does. Um, There's still, I, I think I just saw like a Facebook post recently totally. where somebody was freaked out totally. because I think Plugin Alliance or someone, something yes. to do with Plugin Alliance. Do you know what I'm talking about? That they, they, absolutely. Yeah. So um, yeah, they offered something that's quote unquote supports AI mastering and mastering engineers said basically, well, we shouldn't be subscribed yeah. to their products if they're supporting a product that Jesus. puts us out of work. So um, people, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So there's the setup. Obviously, everyone knows this conversation or this, you know, this rhetoric. Yeah. So why don't you, um, you know, you're you're heavily involved in Lander. You're clearly not a robot, or at least I can, I think you're not. So you're a human being in the industry, <laughs> right? Making a living, yeah. um, helping Lander, working with Lander. So why don't you explain what it really is, like how someone can utilize yeah. it and why should we not really freak out about it so much? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. And again, I want to, I, I laughed a minute ago, but like I had the same reaction to Lander kind of at first when I, when I learned about them, I was speaking at South by Southwest maybe six years ago and they'd come by and to say hi. And, you know, I was as an engineer, right? Not as a super tech person at that time. I was like, well, I, w I was not who they were used to. They were used to engineers like throwing tomatoes at them, I think, you know what I mean? And I was like, <laughs> oh no, this is great. Like, I, I think this technology doesn't sound very right now but i think i like the idea of it right because you know it's nice to say as a mastering engineer to somebody you should hire me for x number of dollars to master your song like that's the traditional path and that's what you should do 
But the reality is, is that there's, as we know, there's more music being created, you know, right now than by a long shot more than any other time in history. And sure. there aren't, the budgets aren't the same. And the idea that somebody even has $20 or $50 or God forbid a hundred or, you know, what some of us get to master music is insane to think that somebody's going to kind of pay that. So, okay. So if, if they can't do that, then what's their alternative? Is it to, you know, not master their music at all? Is it to try to use, you know, ozone or an L2 or whatever, and kind of, you know, get a starting point, but then mess their music up or they, should they like what, if you, if, if they're not, if you're not going to master for free for them, like what's the solution then? Yeah, you know, so yeah. there's a gap and building I'm all for Now there's an area of, of AI that I'm concerned about. So I'm not somebody who's just like AI for everything. It's great, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to uh, supporting and enabling more people to create more music and widens the funnel of especially new creators that come into our industry that ultimately just feeds the ecosystem and benefits all of us in some way, directly or indirectly, I am never going to be opposed to that, especially when those people are completely underserved. And mastering is 100% that. I mean, nine, 95 plus percent of music that gets created will never see a, an actual quote unquote mastering engineer, whatever the hell that is. So like, what are we doing for those people? You know what I mean? So I, mm. I, I'm mastering seemed like a really good spot for a company to step in and automate some of that process. Does it mean that, you know, a, a, a lander master is better than Bob Ludwig's master? No one's saying that, right? Like that's not, and that's not even the goal, right? And I think yeah. that's a misconception is the idea is to replace all mastering engineers. If anything, more people know about the importance of mastering right now because of companies like Lander, because we've really explained what mastering is, right? The enhancement or yeah, there's a lot of different definitions of it. That's but like, a really good point, so, though. I'd never thought of it yeah. until you just mentioned that. I mean, I'm having a lot less of the discussions of explaining what mastering is right now. They might not have a total understanding still, but they know that sure. it's uh, they know it's on the map now, like where there were some people yeah, that clearly didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's something that should be done. I mean, there's plenty of people who start out mastering with Lander that end up going and hiring a mastering engineer. We're totally cool with that. Hopefully the mastering engineers are totally cool with that, right? <laughs> there's some people who are, it's, you know, it's interesting. There's people, yeah, and you have to understand, like, companies like Lander have kind of redefined what mastering is and where it's applied. There are tons of people some of our heaviest users who are very well-known professionals who master hundreds and hundreds of tracks with Lander and none of them ever get released. It's all of their rough mixes. It's all of their beats. Some of them just master drums or guitars with it, right? And it fits in in different places in different people's workflow. And then lots of people release their music. Major labels have deals with us and release tons of music with it. Um, so it's kind of all over the map about how people people are using it. Film composers, for example, like all the different revisions and variations they have to do to have something they can consistently, where they would never, there's no hiring of a mastering engineer for that, right? They just would run it through a chain and try to level things out. This just kind of automates that at scale. Yeah. So there's a lot of useful for it, useful uh, places for it to fit in that aren't at the traditional last step before distribution, though it certainly works there as well. Yeah, that's a very good explanation of the entire thing. Um, I'm sure it's not going to calm everyone's nerves, but <laughs> still, it's just one of those well, things, and, uh, you know, a company like that yeah. is just always going to have a little bit of a prickly feel to it, apparently, totally. but that's just the nature of yeah. big, big but, advances. And that's, yeah, I would say to people, if that, prick, if you think that is, is concerning, understand 
understand but man what's coming in the next couple of years you might as well quit the industry like if that if that is if 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 somebody stepping into the automation of the mastering process to facilitate more people releasing music is a problem don't look at mixing what's happening right now and this isn't lander doing any of this don't look at your favorite i've had i've had people say to me you know like oh i won't use a product that's got anything that's intelligent in it blah 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 which is ridiculous like i mean my god drum you could consider drum machines to be intelligent in some ways right as far as replacements for analog kits but but then don't use any DAWs, right? Get ready never to use a DAW again because it's going to be built into all of them, right? Prepared, it's it's not something that's kind of coming. It's something that's just going to be a part of everything that we do. And for some people, you can maybe choose to not use those features. And smart people, though, I think will use them to speed up their workflow and to get rid of some of the menial tasks, restoration, and some of the other things that really, you know, hopefully we can move past to get more of the stuff we actually want to get done done. Yeah. I mean, I remember a couple yeah, of years yeah. ago, somebody uh, I was working with came in here and he's like, oh, I got some some demos I want to share with you. Starts playing these things on his phone and it's like this whole band. He's like, yeah, I got this new app and he he sings and he plays a guitar into it and like he can choose like A, B, C or D drum beat and it figures out the tempo and it lays down a drum beat and you can choose A, B, C or D piano and it puts a piano behind it, A, B, C or D bass. Like just, sure. and it works. So my question is how many years before we get a AI co-write on a Grammy of the <laughs> record of the year Grammy. Oh, I mean, it's already happening now. Now, now as far as like giving it a co-write and IP around AI, that's a whole discussion <laughs> in and of it. In and of, man, the boy, wars are fought over over that and understandably too. But I mean, that's so much I mean, stuff going. That's going to happen. I, I feel like the, that discussion, like it's not that far-fetched at this point. Like, the, No, my God, not yeah. at all. There's so many tools right now that will, that will, give you ideas that you didn't have, which is one reason why I work with somebody else co-producing or co-writing with them. Right. So that, right. That's valuable. There's, there's things that will take ideas that you had and turn them into other more, you know, we'll tweak them and give you, you know, iterations back that you then curate. I mean, where we're headed, where you love this idea or not, it's kind of the effect of DJ culture on the music industry where we're headed to a place where creation, curation is creation, right? Mm. Like if somebody, has even if they don't have the technical skill or the musical acumen to actually compose something as long as they can tell what they like and make selections based upon that they are creators right they are you know mixing will be that to a large degree at some point composition will be that not for everyone but for a huge portion of the population that don't really even consider themselves creators currently they will have access to tools that allow them to make choices based upon their preferences that result in art or whatever you want to consider art at the end of the day that they've contributed to. So that is where all forms of media are going, not just just music. And we're, yeah, it's not, not very long. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing it in, well, I'm not actually, well, I don't know that I'm actually hearing it, but I've, I've seen the discussion happening, happening in the branding industry, you know, like in advertisements, there's, just because there's so much music happening, advertisements, it's not all curated and, uh, you know, unique created uh, music specific for an advertisement. But along with the AI, right. they're playing with the AI music creation for advertising where you say, okay, I want this mood. I want this tone. I want to feel this. And it's really those kind of descriptors. It's like emotion and just yes. the, 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 the automation is so robust at this point. I mean, you can, you literally feed, I mean, 
Maybe you could explain that for it because you could probably explain it better than I can. My understanding is you feed it the data and it creates like an encyclopedia, probably the same way like, you know, as an early guitar player, you listen to Steve Ray Vaughan and you learn a couple licks. And then you listen to Queen and you pick up some licks and you listen to Aerosmith, you pick up some licks and then you go take a solo with your buddies and, oh, there's that lick that kind of popped in there. It's like that Rolodex on a rudimentary yeah. level. I think that's kind of what AI is. Would you explain it better than that for I mean, everybody? Just, <laughs> no, I mean just generalizing it's not that dissimilar from from what you like you or i what you just said where you're kind of like ingesting various influences right and that kind of you you then are speaking maybe with a little bit of your own vibe of course but but interpreting things that have influenced you machine learning is is kind of like that but it really is making decisions upon data just huge more data than you and i could ever ingest in a lifetime right. obviously yeah. um and therefore is flexible to maybe like, let's say in the music world, work in more genres and, and things like that. But what you bring up is kind of what I was alluding to earlier. I do, you know, a lot of the Lander was this disruptive thing at one time. I think it still is to some degree, but people have really shifted their focus to look at AI creeping in earlier in the creator journey. And when you start getting to the beginning, which is the point of creation, that is where people have legitimate concerns, right? Because like, it's one thing, you know, to have AI, to me, work with an AI program or, you know, or even a, a program that randomizes MIDI sequences to give me ideas that I don't have, even if it's not necessarily intelligent. It's another thing for it to be responsible for the entirety of the creative process with in cutting me out of the picture, right? And advertising is one place where you look at people, the money people make for sync or the money people make creating production music libraries, and you will see that go away to some degree because there are AI tools that enable uh, the less musically skilled people, the curation, like I was talking about earlier, right? Where they can have something analyze their little 30 second clip. They can maybe highlight where some key moments are and compose something in any genre that they want that may work for that piece. It doesn't mean for, you know, projects with larger budgets and things, they wouldn't go hire a composer. They wouldn't do that. But again, it serves as content as we haven't, you know, more of a need for content, um, given all the platforms and all the ways people consume content. Uh, yeah, these type of intelligent tools are definitely a thing now and will continue to be. And look at the companies of, this is not like a new thing. Companies have already been acquired in this space by ByteDance, the TikTok mm. company. They own an AI composition company, Shutterstock. The, you know, if everyone knows Shutterstock, their pictures and their music, they just bought an AI music company, right, to help uh, scale their offerings and address more customers. So it's something to keep an eye on for sure. Do they also own Getty Images, Shutterstock? Was that a merger? Or am I? I have absolutely no idea. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, the visual space, I don't, I just yeah, know about the well, music side of it. Well, what I was getting is like, there's Getty Images is, I mean, a lot of people are probably familiar with Getty Images. It's not just images yeah, though, to your point, like they're acquiring a lot. Of, it, it's basically, they're just becoming media conglomerates in a, in a way. Yeah. Um, and, and the AI is where people are pumping the dollars in because they it, they need it, like they they need it for like the future and everything, and it plays in everything what you're talking about. But because of the need, they're acquiring more of these assets. They're just bigger and <laughs> able to throw more dollars at it. It's freaking. It's really really yeah, really I mean, interesting and compelling to think about what's happening and and where it's going. Yeah. So. It, it, you know, again, like if I if I'm starting out, or even if I'm not starting out, for, all right, forget starting out. Anybody who's in audio right now, there's always the decision on what to do tomorrow. You know, you can you can do what you do, and that's great. But 
there's a lot changing right now, especially with immersive audio. Deliverables are going to be changing soon. There's always the question of what technology am I invested in? Can I even make this deliverable for somebody? Are they gonna, am I going to lose a client because I haven't invested enough into immersive audio or, or those kinds of questions? Um, you throw in a computer doing wh what I do, rightly so, people are going to be <laughs> – it would be enough to keep you awake if you really, if you really start to dive in and look at what's yeah. happening. So you mentioned earlier, you know, you were approached by Lander and starting to have these conversations, and you just flat out joined the team and said, I want to be a part of this and learn more and help more, um, which I think is awesome. Where, where else do you see opportunity – in, in something like machine learning uh, or artificial intelligence in other companies that maybe isn't mastering, maybe isn't music creation, anything else you're seeing or new trends? Oh, yeah, sure. And, and actually, to, just to be clear on something, like I know a little bit more about machine learning and AI than I knew when I started on the lander side of things. But there's people much more intelligent that that's their focus, right? I'm more of the audio engineer, the producer, the somebody who knows the traditional tools that we all use to make music. So don't think that I'm somehow some genius in that space. I'm not. A lot of these companies, whether they're in the machine learning is specifically their focus as far as, you know, kind of creating the, the future of their specific tool, like your voice is valuable to those companies. A lot of the people who make the products that we use aren't necessarily like everyday audio engineers, right? It's they're everyday programmers and everyday marketing people and developers. Like that's why they're so good at what they do because they have that focus. So there's always opportunity to work with, you know, the the Abletons and the Native Instruments and the Landers and the pick your company of the world. Um, and that, certainly I found that more as I, I just, I just I only say this because I remember coming up like I, I'm the one of the, I'm the world's biggest Ableton fan. I love Ableton, right? And that yeah. company seemed so out of touch at one point in my career. I mean, I was applying for internships there. I was trying to learn German at one point when I was very first starting out, to hoping learn, one day I them. could go. That's cool. <laughs> so just to work with native instruments or Ableton, man, this is 15 years ago, right? So this mm -hmm. is when they were, they were, you know, fairly early on. And now, you know, I get to have conversations and work with those companies all the time at the highest levels. And it's awesome, right? And I never went to work for them, but the, the industry is a lot smaller than what it feels like when you're first starting out. And I think everything's a lot more reachable. And so I'm not, I'm not giving necessarily specific examples, but literally whatever, you, you know, I talk to my students about this all the time. I'm like, are, is it immersive audio? Is it game audio? Are you super into NFTs and where that space is going, which is a whole other conversation and all the different metaverses that are popping up and whatever it is you're into, or it's just producing like, you know, who are the companies that you love, right? Make sure you know enough to know who you, who, who, uh, who's inspiring you with the tools that they create or the direction that they're going and try to plant some seeds before you need to go to that company with your handout for a gig or something, right? I'm always about like develop relationships as early on as you can, even if you don't feel confident about that. Get on, man, I'm a big LinkedIn proponent. I know a lot of people probably don't use that in the music industry, but it is the, it's the secret sauce for me because it allows me to connect with people Maybe not artists, but the people who are the C-level executives and the people who are brand partnerships and who are creating things and make those connections so that I can kind of use them in my business. Anyway, I can, yeah, I can ramble That's where about those conversations this. are happening. They're, they're not on Facebook or Instagram. Yes. Like the, the no, next thing. They're not. They're, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot yeah, of discovery. Find, an, find an artist to mix. Yeah. Go, go on TikTok and Instagram and right. find a new artist <laughs> to work with. That's amazing, right? But, um, but if you want, want to kind of 
kind of broaden it, I recommend getting recommend getting on platforms like LinkedIn and just following people who are doing interesting things. Follow the heads of the companies that you like. Put faces to names, things like that. Um, and you'll find a lot more success because everyone always says, and we're kind of obviously focusing right now on people getting into the industry, but like networking is so important. I never understood, I hated that in school to be told like, you need to be good at networking. Cause I'm like, what the, what, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, I don't even understand. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a, I'm an introvert. I'm not somebody who go, I do not go to events and shake hands and make Same. friends and hand out cards. Like, not a lot of audio engineers, right? That's yeah. kind of our MO to some degree. So like with that as a handicap, now what do I I do right so for me it became um really using social media and linkedin specifically but even instagram and stuff to, to another to lesser degrees to connect with people in a very non-threatening way for me you know what i mean like like liking their posts commenting on things that i think are interesting like it's that you know seven degrees of trust like a seven points of trust right if they can see me pop up at various times over a certain period they're going to remember who I am, even if I haven't done anything that, you know, they that I think they should respect or they should know about as far as a professional. Right. And that kind mm. of stuff, you know, passion and. Yeah, yeah, passion, positivity and kind of like a stick to itiveness is the thing that's going to get you in the door and get you opportunities more than your technical skill. We all hear that all the time. And it's totally true. Persistence, you know, if we're looking for another P word. <laughs> and I was just, I think the social media side of things allowed me to kind of lay the groundwork to get a lot of opportunities. You know, I always call, talk about like planting seeds that, you know, I'm going to be able to harvest a little later on in my career, even if it's in six oh, months or a year. Or yeah. Five years down the line, you, you have to be thinking like that if you're in this for the long haul. Otherwise, things are going to dry up as the industry moves on or as something happens in your business, right, where you need to pivot. You have to be set up to be able to do that to survive. That was paramount for me when lockdown happened. You know, it's just well, you think geez, about the piggy bank, example, yeah. you know, every day, th those conversations yeah. that, oh, that, that was a waste of time. No, it's just in the piggy bank. And no. when lockdown happened, all those people came back and said, hey, remember that conversation we had a couple of years ago? We were the project we were, we were kind of brainstorming on. Can we do that now? That That's how I got through lockdown. Yeah. I'm sure a lot yeah. of other people were as well, you know, because yep. it was just one of those times. Man, I love, yep. I love how you put it earlier, you, you mentioned like, I don't know anything about machine learning, you know, like I, I'm not that kind of, I, I know audio and it's that kind of mentality where so many people, it's like, we get, we get like down on ourselves. Like, Oh, I couldn't possibly do yep. that. I'm just an audio, you know, I'll link the video up here, but I had a conversation with my buddy, Jason Achilles Mazillus. His microphone is on Mars right now. He's, he's a freaking rock star. He plays guitar. He's a producer. You think he knows anything about space? Like he he got right. that job and he's the one who put the microphone on the rover that's currently a gazillion miles away, you know. But but they needed him is my point, you know. And he had something valuable, you know. So like he didn't just sit there and like talk himself down and be like, oh no, I couldn't possibly. No, he was crazy enough to say, hey, I can do this for you and I want to do it. And they were smart enough to say, we need you. You know, it's kind of the same thing that you're discussing. It's like there are people who are doing insane things that we can't quite get our brain around, but they're interesting. They need people like us. It's true. You know? Yeah. And they don't know anything. They know as little about audio as we know about what they're doing. I mean, again, I could, you could name a, a hundred things that are going on right now, but like, in the, the, actually, those are the spaces where there's the most opportunity, right? Because these kind of emerging technologies, you know, where they're not 
it's not something where everyone's trying to get into, at least from the music and audio side of things. Right. Like those are the places to go, man. Get in it's, early. It's just like, you know, yeah, go ahead. As it's it's like not it's like the not cool thing. Not that it's not cool, but it's like it's not like the sexy, like trendy thing to be going after these companies, right? Yeah. It's well, I look like I look at it like investment. So it's like everyone knows you should okay, everyone wants to invest in Apple or Amazon or pick a company that's already successful. Well that everyone's going after that, right? So the returns you're gonna get from that are somewhat diminished and there's some competition in there, right? Yeah. Whereas if you get in the startup world, there's a lot more research you may have to do, right? Because there aren't proven quantities there, but the opportunity is, you know, you're, there's less people going after it and the, the space to grow is much larger. And that's why I just, uh, I stumbled into that space and I'm now just in love with it because all the cool stuff is happening there and there's more opportunities for us uh, as creatives in that space, or at least that's what I'm finding. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> this, is, this is really great. I, th I think we have to wrap it up, but I think it's a great place to wrap it up. Um, Daniel, thanks so much for, for coming on here. I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned LinkedIn. Hit up Daniel on LinkedIn. He's always got some really interesting posts, really, really cool perspective, obviously. But And don't forget that free gift, adamclaremont.com slash client list. Go grab your guide and you can get started today just kind of pecking away, getting those better clients and better projects. But that's all we got today. Listen back to this one. There's so many little nuggets that Daniel dropped in there that you probably went, what is that? Don't let that go by. Listen back. Go Google what he's talking about because a ton of opportunity, really, really great ideas. And man, what the future has in store for us, we'll all find out together, I guess. All right, but thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll catch you on the next one. See you later. Bye.